Greetings, fiends, and welcome to 37 Disney Street's Halloween special. <laughs> the kids are in quarantine bobbing for apples, so we're dragging our corpses round the fireplace to talk about 90s spooktacular Hocus Pocus. Hey, Buttercup, anyone ever tell you you're very easy on the eyes? I'm your host, your ghost host, Creepy Chris Fletcher. What is this place? It reeks of children. I'm Lucy Rain. And I'm a virgin. Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. <laughs> uh, nice, you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not sure how this place came to reek of children if you're a virgin. <laughs> uh, well, it's an abandoned orphanage. <clears throat> Oh, very nice. Hugh, I see you're drinking something. Should we get that over with now? I'm drinking a Hobgoblin Ruby beer because it's the closest thing I could find to a sort of Halloween-themed beer in the shops this weekend. Now, unfortunately, Hobgoblin have changed the label slightly. They used mm. to be full-colour paintings of, mm-hmm. like, you know, sort of goblins and things, um, but they've gone for a sort of limited colour palette of just a couple of blues and some line work. It's still, you know, quite evocative, but it's just not quite the same. Is it not working they've for modernised you? modernised it. It's a ruby beer. It's 5.2%. It's quite strong, so I'm going to take it easy. Excellent. Lucy's just shown a ghost. Tell me about your ghost, uh, that's- Lucy. It's um, it's a napkin for oh. our Halloween party that we had last night. Just the nice. three of us. Oh, now, that Chris, was a lovely idea. Yes, there is something. You appear to be in like a broom cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Reminiscent of eighties uh, uh, <laughs> broadcasters. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about it. Where are you? Well, um, we were going to record the DLP show tonight, so I needed to do something that was visual in the background. So where I actually am is in my kitchen, where I always Well, am. we were going to record it on camera, you mean? Yes, yeah, sorry, on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm where I always am, but um, what I've done is I've got a backdrop, and my backdrop is actually on a, a green screen stand, but it isn't a green screen. What it is, is a quilt, and this quilt is, um, it's got Star Wars patches on one side of it, and on the other side of it, it's got Marvel comic books. Where Ooh. the dickens did you find that? Well, I didn't find it. What happened was, uh, Laura's aunt makes these for a living. Um, and oh. she is incredibly good at it. When when Lucas was born, she gave us uh, this this um, quilt. And it's, it's a, quite a small one, so he had it when he was a baby. Um, and then as he got a bit older, she wanted to do something else. So she uh, got in touch with... Um, my father-in-law and said, "Does he like Star Wars? Does Luke like Star Wars and things?" And and she, she uh, collected up all the materials and made this. Um, and uh, it's got a nice message in the bottom corner here, which you won't be able to read, but it's got a nice message in the bottom corner that, th- that says to Lucas and stuff on it. So it's very, very exclusive. You look really cosy there. It's nice. That yeah. is an amazing quilt. It's great. Amazing quilt. She also made one for Ollie when he was born, which is uh, the Giant Snakes and Ladders board game. And she yes. like a giant dice with it and some little teddy figures so you can play it. 
Oh. Well, we've got some cobweb uh, material behind us. It's like a, a tablecloth. I love it's it. It's so good. I, I bought one to hang up behind us and one for the actual table. So we've actually got two. Nice. But yeah, we're feeling very Halloween-y well, today, aren't we? I am as well, actually, but I, I can't show you this. But we've decorated and we, we don't normally do decorating for Halloween. It's not something that we've traditionally done. We do outside on Halloween um, and we'll, yeah. we'll do a little bit. But this... <clears throat> this year because we're stuck inside we've gone a bit to town so we've got bunting up and all sorts of things and uh, like mm. lots of lights and stuff and it's quite nice it's just really nice lovely I've we'll also... have to pop through to your side of the house at 37 Disney Street mm. and have a look I've got a nice little candle display that you can't even see the candles on anymore because it's covered in cobwebs I wouldn't recommend you light those candles Chris it, covered in cobwebs it's safe ones it's the it's the not real candles electric ones yeah, yeah. Ah, fake okay. ones yeah. So, what better film to get us in the mood for Halloween than Hocus Pocus? Do you really want to ask that question? <laughs> well, <laughs> cult classic, mm. cult classic, cult classic. It is. It is. What do you know of this film, Chris? On what did you know before you watched it? Uh, I know that as a young teenager, I watched it and quite enjoyed it, and then, but never had any desire to watch it again. Um, I know of Bette Midler quite well because, you know, she was in that classic film Beaches and, like, she sang Gypsy and stuff as well and she's a bit of a singing person. Um, I know about Sarah Michelle... Well, what's she called? I was going to say Sarah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Michelle Geller. I was going to say then. What? <laughs> what? Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker because she's in L.A. Story, which is just an awesome film. Oh, um, I love yes, that film. Yes, she is, yes. I love and she's great in that. She is. She's absolutely great in it. Um, I love that film. And uh, that's about all I remembered, except that, except to say that I was expecting it to be a bit like The Boy Who Could Fly or Jumanji or any other film that was made between 1995 and sort of 2000. I know nothing of this film, never seen it. I think I saw 10 minutes of it, uh, The Bullies, mm-hmm. when he first meets The Bullies, <clears throat> uh, maybe a year ago. Um, stopped watching it for some reason. Um, I am aware that it's like it's quite it's quite a sort of underground yeah. cultural phenomenon this isn't it like people yeah. love it mm. yeah people love it uh, not sure why but we'll go into that in a bit mm. I mainly know it weirdly from Disney parks from um, watch I mean I've never been to Disney Park during Halloween interestingly enough no but watching um vlogs of the um, not-so-scary party and the Halloween shows and parades and the Sanderson sisters are a huge thing and the really... No? Not when I was there. Was... <laughs> not, not at all when no, I was Maybe there. not in Paris. It's, yeah, not it's in Paris. big in Florida. But it, um, so I know... And I know the song. I knew the... Well, oh, yeah, yeah I, I knew that was I put there. a spell on you. Yeah, I knew But that I've well. seen that scene quite a lot and we've, we've used that song at work a few times. Mm. Um... So that was it, really. But yeah. I do know that people love it. Yeah. I mean, for me, you can only watch this at this time of year. Oh, yeah, without, like, a, without a doubt. I mean, it, it. you can forgive it more for some of its uh, problems because it's a well, that it's a cute Halloween film, but like any other time of year, I wouldn't give it the time of day. It's yeah. a really good segue into me starting my facts. Oh, I'll give you a jingle then. It's time to... Yeah. 
1993 on July the 16th. Is that old? I didn't know it was that old. Oh, it's that old. Mm-hmm. Huh. So 1993, but July the 16th. And I usually save the box office facts for the end, but, spoiler alert, it flopped when no. it was in the cinema. And I can only think that releasing it on, I'm going to repeat, July the 16th was a bit of an error. Because I wouldn't be interested in seeing this film on July the 16th, any year. 17th? Certainly not the cinema. <laughs> but not the 16th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'd be over it like a rash come August. <laughs> um, no, it just... And that's not also, also... If it was like the end of August or the beginning of September, I'd think, oh, they're hoping it'll have a long run. Mm. But July is just... There was no hope. Even your biggest blockbusters don't really have that long a run in cinema, do they? No. Um, and there's nothing to indicate this was going to be a, a long run. So, fail. Mm. Um, it was directed by Kenny Ortega. Do you know anything about Kenny Ortega? I know that the uh, name is familiar. Didn't he direct um, High School the Musical and Newsies? Are you reading over my shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He directed... Um, I love if you said no. He didn't. High School Musical trilogy and the Newsies, but he's primarily... A, a choreographer. He choreographed Dirty Dancing. Um, he choreographed the dance scene in Ferris Bueller. You know, that important one. Yep. But also he's been a tour manager for people like Cher and things like that, doing um, the choreography for your big stadium tours. And then he went into oh. into directing. I've just found out who um, plays the zombie. Anyway. Oh, that's one of my facts. We'll go into that. Well, <laughs> go on. All right. Anyway... And well, because when you said he's, he's, a, he's a choreographer, I thought, right, the zombie moves in quite a dancery way. Mm. Is he a dancer? Is he one of his dancer mates? Um, get to so, that. That, so that's why I was looking up who it was, but actually, mm. not sure that's true. Maybe, um... No, I don't think it is. Um, so, the writer Mick Garris pitched the script to Disney in 1984. Um it was also pitched to Steven Spielberg to direct, but Steven Spielberg saw Disney as a direct competitor of Amblin, so he didn't want to be a jobbing director oh, for them, so he turned it down. Um, it had various rewrites to 1984 and 1993. The kids went from all being about 12, a la Goonies kind of thing, um, to having two older and one younger that kind of split that split the age demographic there um it was originally quite dark and sinister and genuinely scary um but when Bette Midler became attached um the rewrites became focused on making it more comic um to suit her Leonardo DiCaprio was also attached in the main role of can't remember. Uh, Max. Is Max, it, yeah. Max, yes, 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 Max, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he um, turn, uh, turned it down to do What's Eating Gilbert Grape. But he turned evil, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he went for the Oscar bid instead and went for What's he- Eating Gilbert Grape. Wow. Um, the other interesting thing. Touched a bullet there. Now, do you know what? This was one of my facts, you and I haven't put his name down. 
Who is it who plays the... Um... The zombie, Billy Butcherson, not mm. to be confused with Billy Butcher in The Boys, mm. uh, is, I've just found out now, is Doug Jones, who I know him from um, The Silver Surfer and The Fawn in... Uh, um, Pan's Labyrinth. A Labyrinth del Fauno, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh-huh. Um, He's also in The Shape of Water. Have you seen The Shape yeah. of Water? It is all the Gil, Gil, Maybe. Gil Toro films. Uh, he, he was also Mac Tonight. You know Mac Tonight? I don't think... We didn't get that over here, but there was a character in America. It's like... He had a moon face. He was a McDonald's mascot. Right. But yeah, so... Uh, he's the one that I thought was quite dancery, but he's not. He's he's, uh, he's actually... He, he comes from mime. Right, okay. So well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He, if you go on his Wikipedia page, <clears throat> which I did to find out who he was... It says, an actor famed for taking on inhuman roles, often wearing heavy prosthetics. Yeah. So he does all the, I mean... He's in Hellboy. Shape of Water, yes he is. Um, Shape of Water won the Oscar, but it's all about this, like, fish man. You would never recognise him because he's so covered in scales. Well, actually, you do recognise him. By his movements. Well, yeah, he's just got, he's got a very long neck. He's very physical. Yeah. A physical being. So, this is a film set in Salem, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, but it was mainly filmed on sound stages in Burbank, with daytime scenes being filmed in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And the opening um, 1693 scenes were shot at Pioneer Village. Lucy spotted mm-hmm. something. Do we get to this later, or...? something you spotted where you said is that the so-and-so from so-and-so and I said oh yes it is do we do that now or later say it now because I mean what's the point <laughs> wait <laughs> go on she I said, know what you're on that, about. she said is that the fountain from friends and I glanced up and I said I think it is Ooh. so they got to the fountain from friends wow which I presume mm. is in LA uh, yeah uh, so that's where that was filmed uh-huh. mm. nice LA or thereabouts anyway on some lot somewhere. James Horner wrote Sarah's theme, which is the Come Little Children theme, um, and he was supposed to score the entire film, but at the last minute he became unavailable, so John Debney completed the score. Um, and then the only <coughs> other fact I've got is it was a flop on release, but became a cult classic through the Disney Channel and straight to vi- and um, home video release. Burbank, California, that's where the fountain is. Yes, and there are plenty of articles. If you put in Friends Fountain, Hocus Pocus, there's all sorts of articles about fans freaking out and stuff. Oh, yes, all that. He's been in a few things, hasn't it, that fountain? Oh, it will have been. Mm. Mostly in in that um, garden. Clickbaity articles that says, fans freaked out when they (laughs) spotted the Friends Fountain in Hocus Pocus. They didn't freak out. Maybe that's how we should title this um, podcast. Fans will freak well, out when they find out these, this about Should we redo this whole section? All right, let's just go back. So Lucy freaked out <laughs> at one point, and I said, whoa, calm down, what's happening? And she said, look, look, and I went, oh, my God. That's what happened. You'll never guess what happened next. <laughs> the most <laughs> casual freak out ever. That's it, guys. That's all I've got to say. Over to you. Short facts. Mm. Well, should we go over to the kids? Oh, yeah. I forgot we do that. We just watched Hocus Pocus. 
There was three witches. Scary witches. They were bad. So there's the leader one with ginger hair, and it's like the top of a love heart. There's one with purple hair, which is a bit pointy, and then there's one with blonde hair, but she's a bit nicer because because she's just a bit silly and plays around. And there was a brother and his little sister and then his friend from school and they all had to try and kill the the witches. And the people find a way to get rid of them, but then some kids by accident light like this black candle and it brings them back to life. And there's a cat... And he talks, and he helped the three people. And they have till tomorrow, when the sun is fully up, to survive. And when they have lighted it, they have to find, and they come back, they have to find a way to stop them. So all they have to do is make sure they don't get the spell book before the sun comes up. Um, so if they got me, I would kick them with my shoe or give them one in the eye. And this morning, I said if they got to me and they were trying to stop me from talking, I would just spit in the hand. And at first I thought it was going to be scary before we watched it, but it wasn't that scary at all. My favourite bit was um, the ending. It's just so happy and I can't think of any other bit that I like the best. My favourite bit is when when they thought they won but they didn't. They thought they got rid of them again but they didn't. They just made them a bit hot. My favourite character is the blonde witch because she's so funny and she plays around. My favourite character was Max. And my favourite character was... Hocus Pocus. My favourite song is I Put a Spell on You. No favourite song is... I'd give it four out of five. I really liked it and I wouldn't be. I thought it was funny because one of the witches had to ride a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about Hocus Pocus. I would give it a one out of two. I would give it a three out of five. That's one for each witch. <laughs> um, so, we're going to do story. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we put this? Um, I put art direction this time. Oh, OK, I put visual effects, but yeah, art I mean, direction. Visual effects slash yeah. art direction, you know, that, all that, that stuff. stuff. Everything you see. And that, yeah, that's probably, yeah, the mise-en-scene. That's probably going to cover um, locations as well, isn't it? And then we'll do some music at the end. So basically, we'll score them. what happens, what it looks like, how it sounds. Yeah. yeah. What, where, and who. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know, I can think of one. Story then. Yeah. It could be what, it could be what again, because like, yeah. so, it's, so it's what, where, and what? <laughs> so it's time to discuss how the story goes. I know it can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. 
I was surprised at how um, genuinely evil the Sanderson sisters are. Just bearing in mind that I've knew nothing about this film other than just seeing them in Disney parks singing and dancing and so on. I thought there would be uh, cute witches who got redeemed at the end and they, they all made friends with the town. Mm. Do you know what I, I mean? I didn't that. think... I and thought, they were actually really bad people. I, I thought they would remain evil, yet they would do something to help. Mm. And they're not they're just the villains the, of yeah. peace, aren't they? Yeah, so, Which is kind of refreshing and good. It is, because... Yeah. It's generally predictable, this, apart from that. Well, I expected that, so to me it was predictable. But, okay. Mm. I think I think you're expecting too much out of it. I think that's the problem. <laughs> oh, I... Are you going to roast this, Chris? Uh, no, not roast, but... Um, as I said early on, I think it, it just... It borrows from so many other things. And, for instance... The Fratellis don't redeem themselves in Goonies. And yet at the beginning of that film, you see the Fratellis committing, uh, or getting out of prison, going off and, and starting off exactly as, as, as they mean to go on. And they don't, they have no redeeming qualities. There's three of them. They're the antagonists. I thought you meant oh, the Goonies. I thought you meant oh, the Scolari brothers 80... from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Is that the two ghosts? <laughs> yeah, I think they're called the Scolari brothers. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't mean that. Who, for some reason, are cartoon ghosts. Yes. 85. 85. Yeah. So it would kind of slot in with um, when they were conceiving of this, wouldn't it? Yeah. When they were doing the rewrites, because they said that they pitched the script in 84 and then it went through rewrites. Oh, do you know, this would have been so much better if it had been made in the 80s. It would have just and Steven Spielberg had done it. Yeah. Because there's... Um, I suppose we'll come on to this with uh, art direction, but... There's a quality to it that's it's not it's not very evocative. This film is it. It's just it's light in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just talk about Kenny Ortega for a second because he's a dancer and choreographer, and then the movies he's done have mainly been musicals or music based. Because he did This Is It for Michael Jackson as well, and um, I I feel him being frustrated in this film. Because I can I can see a dancer's hand in the direction in the movement I can and he's cast three triple triple threats as the witches and they're really a bit underused in that respect I know they've got the big number in the you can just see Sarah Jessica Parker wanting to dance for the whole film she basically does doesn't she let's let's describe these witches because mm. uh, so if we're going through the story that you've got three witches. You've got a bossy one, a stylish one, and a floopy one. So it's basically the girls from Friends, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose mm. it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of them's got dark side lightning. Um, and something for the dads here. Um, Chris, you've been a dad. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker was a bit of all right, wasn't she? Yes. I, I would agree with that, yes. And, you know, it still is. Yes. But especially then, in the uh, in LA story and yes. Hocus Pocus, she's kind, of, uh, she's kind of a babe. Endearing, yes, yes, she I'll is. Go yeah, with that. yeah. And then they they turn a seventeenth-century boy into an unconvincing cat, and then uh, and then there's <laughs> a, a, an unconvincing seventeenth-century boy into an unconvincing yeah, cat. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's a then there's a hanging quite early on into a Disney film, and we haven't seen a good hanging <laughs> since then uh, until Pirates of the Caribbean, I think. <laughs> I love a good hanging, me. Do, do you know? And then, that intro yeah, so. is quite interesting in itself, isn't it? Because um, I didn't know how the kids were going to take this. And, mm. I mean, 
when when you put aside the terrible, terrible acting that takes place in that opening scene in Salem, <laughs> the the um the whole premise of that is pretty scary, I think, for well, for a seven year old or younger. Yeah. But I mean, this is the period when we were growing up, and yeah. what I like about. Um, I don't even like to call them children's films, but young younger person's films of this time, is it didn't underestimate you. No. And I I feel like we're, we're a little bit kid gloves these days with what kids can and can't take. Yeah. And I don't ever remember be, having a problem with things like The Goonies. I, I didn't see this as a kid, but I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I think that we, as adults, underestimate what they can... I think you're right. I think you're right. But Lucas went into this thinking, "I'm, I'm going to be scared by this." So my my immediate reaction was as soon as the witches appeared to just sort of point out their quirks because I thought mm. if if you seen because they're just so over the top caricatures. Um, I think if you if you see them for like Bette Midler's got these massive teeth mm. at the front and stuff, and you start to see those little things, that then it 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 made it a bit easier for him, and he was a little bit less sort of. Um, I think the slightly <clears throat> inept is um, endearing as well. I mean, they are they are the the baddies, mm. no doubt about it. But there's something quite endearing about them in a way. They are likable. They're nice to watch. All three of them. They're very good, fun to watch, and yeah. this kind of detached zaniness. You know, it works. You can still root against them. You can still want them to lose. But, I mean, you talk about the goon... The Fratellis and the Goonies were repulsive humans. They were still slapstick there, though. There were still bits that... They still played off each other in a... um, uh, In in a Three Stooges type moments though there was there was still those moments there and you get that in this as well i mean geez mm. there is so much slapstick in this in fact at some points um when they first come back there's just so much going on it's hard to take it all in and mm. and it was just it was a bit much it's just really really loud running around hitting stuff throwing things about and just it was just chaos it was too much for me at times so the witches have been hanged hung hanged, hanged. and uh we cut to the present day and then there's this awful bit in the classroom where Max gets totally owned by uh, Alison in his class, who uh, just has some really basic understanding of Halloween and some really basic facts that everyone knows, but yet she schools him on it. And then she gets like an inexplicable round of applause. Mm. And I'm just, I was looking at Lucy like going, oh no, is this the tone of this film? Like just sort of really unnatural interactions. Um, but then actually there's a, there's a nice bit where she hands him back his own phone number and he thinks it's hers. And I thought, oh, no, you know, the, it's, a, it's a little bit cleverer than I was, uh, you know, g- giving it credit for. I, I liked that little moment. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, that's not a good start. To that. <laughs> and also, that's followed by him falling on his own bed and saying out loud, oh, Alison, which I don't think anyone's ever done that in that whole context. Bit. That whole bit yeah. is just so badly acted. Every like movement of his hand, every last detail of what he's doing there <laughs> is terrible. And then you've got this young girl, Thora Birch, who's bloody brilliant. <laughs> and the yeah. contrast of those mm. two is just ridiculous. He's terrible. He's terrible, terrible, terrible throughout this the film. This is Thora Birch from um, Last of the Summer Wine, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Is that Thor- Thora Heard? I'm thinking of Thora Heard from the Churchill adverts. She was about eight, 80 years older than her. <laughs> <laughs> She's in that brilliant film that we're not allowed to watch anymore because of Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I found him odd casting because... 
they can't act. I mean, once they said that Leonardo DiCaprio, he'll have been young at the time, or Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. if it's Gilbert Great time, I thought, oh, yeah, that's who it should have been, because he looks like a cinematic person. This guy is in no way bad looking at all. There was just something not cinematic about him. Bland. I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. In fact, I thought all the kids were uh, did a decent job. Um, um, yeah. No, no, because mm. because you're forgetting about those two bullies who are actually worse actors oh, than he is. Man, that that was like yeah, um, you're right. That that was like uh, what they call it, Power Rangers level acting. Yes, mm. yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the writing as well in that respect. It- they're so two-dimensional. Yeah, that's like, what it they, is, they two-dimensional. Have no, no motive other than they're just bullies. Yeah. And like the, that kid, that Max doesn't really do anything wrong, does he? He just meets them, and then they demand money from him, and they're going to make his life hell. Did you just not... because he's new in town. It's so lazy. Did you not love the fact that he had his trainers stolen from him? Because I remember that being quite a topical thing in the early 90s about people mugging right. you for your trainers, for your, for your yeah. Nikes. Yeah, uh, Air Jordans. If you had a pair of those, they wouldn't stay on your feet, would they? Nope. I really feel with those bullies that if you just were aggressive back towards them, they'd back down. They just had that quality about them. Whereas, you know, if you just looked at them and went, who do you think you're talking to? They'd go, hey, sorry, man. I didn't mean it. Yeah, but Thora Birch mm. tried to do that and she didn't get away with it, did she? She went, my know. brother's I, here. Like that. I think if I, yeah, if, if I went psycho on them, I think I could uh, scare them a little bit. Enough mm. to get away. Mm. Um, I liked the parents. <clears throat> they yeah. were mental. And What's, I love that they were cursed to dance forever. That, dad that dancing in? curse was funny. <laughs> the dad. What's that dad being in? I really recognise him from something. Playing a dad. Playing like a... Maybe like a rich dad or something. I don't know. A rich dad. But we're all looking it up now, so maybe I'll do something we else. Are. Um, the so he lights the candle. They they were very fast and loose with the word virgin, and I'm thinking any minute now Bonnie's yeah. gonna go. What's a virgin? <laughs> well, if, if she has things like that, I'll say. I'll, I always sort of um, dilute it to, like, you know, she's heard the word sex and she'll be like, "What's that?" Like, oh, it's like kissing and cuddling. So, mm. I'll say, so if she says, "What's a virgin?" I say, "Oh, it's just someone else had like a, a kiss." <laughs> yeah but you see I've worked with kids though and what they get from that then is they go I'm not a virgin because I, I kissed you know I kissed Peter right. how, how about this it's somebody who's verging on becoming an adult hey they're not quite an adult yet yeah but they're that's virgin good. that's very good <laughs> they're not a girl not yet a woman as the song goes Um, and he, he lit the candle <laughs> it's getting She's getting into tricky uh, areas. And, and they came back, and hilarity ensued. Mm-hmm. My favourite character is Billy Butcherson, hands down. Dumb and Dumber, that's what that dad's in. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, he is. Yes. Because I've watched that recently. Um, what are you saying? <laughs> you've gone back to her when she's yawning <laughs> it's been a long day and we're actually we've, got, we've had an extra hour today so it literally has been a long day mm. were you listing characters? Uh, I was kind of trying to go through things sequentially while you two looked at your phones but you can take over now where did you get to? I just said my favourite character is Billy Butcherson because I've got to the point where they wake, wake him up mm-hmm. and they're running away with the book yeah yeah 
Now, I knew he was going to turn good immediately. The minute he woke up, I thought he's going to switch sides. I don't know what it was about him. I just knew. He was his sort of wacky hair. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, it was. I found it genuinely sort of exciting to watch this this chase ensue and you knew there was going to be some twists and turns and um, there was the, the false end of them burning them in the furnace and I liked the... Yeah. Um, it almost felt for a moment like when they were burning them in that furnace and sort of smiling gently you know, as they watched the corpses burn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, like, you see the green smoke going out the chimney and like they're walking down the street and I said to Lucy, like, what if that was genuinely it? Because I like to do that in films. Or in books when I'm reading to Bonnie, if it gets to like a sad bit, I'll close it as a joke and go, the end. I go, not really, there's some more. If they but just yeah. did a little biker grove jump then and it freeze framed, then that'd been it. What, yeah, what an yeah. abrupt place to end it. It was, yeah. Um, it, the, but the thing is, the the way that they went back to the house afterwards and, and they kind of just went, yeah, should we, should we just go to bed now then? Right, I'll, I'll, see, I'll tell you what, you, you stay here and let's just fall asleep. Um, yeah. It was all just a bit kind of, okay. But mm. Lucas loved that bit. I don't entirely understand why, but Lucas loved that bit when they were in the house at the end, and it wasn't the end. That's his favourite bit. Really? Eh? <laughs> I'm, no, from a kid's point of view, that might have been where they felt safe and... Maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. i tell you what and I like. And the fingernail came through the mosquito nets. <laughs> tell you what I like. I like a film where they have, like, a party and there's a house band there <laughs> singing songs. Um, yeah, and and I particularly liked that they sang witchcraft because it just reminded me of uh, of the singing sword in um, oh yeah in Who Framed Roger Rabbit the Frank Sinatra singing sword I love that song yeah it's great and it's and it's right in my range is that <laughs> do you know uh, my favourite bit in the film is um, maybe it's not my favourite bit but it's the thing that dates this film the most is in that section and it's when the mother says oh I wish we'd brought the camera. <laughs> and I thought, oh, do you remember that? Not having a camera. Yeah. I mean, I remember going. I remember going out and having a smartphone, but, but still having a pocket camera because yeah. it was still better than my phone. And then at some point, uh, the phone got better than that. And then at some point after that, the phone got better than my SL, my digital SLR. Mm. So now I just take my phone out, which is nice. Do you remember <laughs> taking a film camera out and there was a little circle on top, and you were you only had twenty eight pictures on a roll of film yeah. and you'd be like oh, I've only got three pictures left I can't take yeah. any more pictures you really have to choose your pictures and then sometimes you could take a bonus one I like it when a film reminds me that it's from a, a simpler time a simpler time as this was mm. before people argued about politics on the internet that was fun I want to say something about the performances of the three witches Go on, then. because I didn't like them We've just, Bonnie, for some reason, um, she's read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at school and we watched the original film uh, a couple of weeks ago and she said, oh, can we watch that again? Yep, no problem. Saturday morning, she says, can we watch it? I said, yeah. And she went, the new one? Because she'd no. spotted it on Netflix. So I went to sit through that. Now, um, Johnny Depp, his performance in that is like, if you saw him in a church hall in a pantomime you'd go oh he was alright but you wouldn't say he was good and I find Bette Midler in particular's performance like she's like an okay amateur I disagree I, th- I think she's not a comedy performer 
And I think uh, the other one as well, whose name I can't remember. Kathleen and Jimmy. I don't like either of them. I, I just find them a bit icky and they're trying to be wacky, wacky but they're really unsuccessful. Oh, I totally And I find them embarrassing. Totally it's grotesque, disagree. isn't it? It's, it's that they've got this grotesqueness about them, whereas um, Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't. She's just a bit yeah. ditzy. And uh, I completely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, Hugh. I, I do not like Bette Midler in this film at all. I don't mind... Yeah. I don't mind the other one because that's what she's like in everything she is. Everything I've seen her in, she's that kind of character. She's one of those caricature type people, and and that's fine. But it, I, I could take her or leave her in it. It doesn't bother me that she's there. It doesn't bother me if she wouldn't if she wasn't there. But Lucy disagrees. I disagree. I thought they were they were a good trio, very watchable. Maybe it's men because I know women love these characters. Mm-hmm. And maybe something's not resonating in me. But I just looked at it and went, "Ugh, no, no, no." <laughs> I just think it's too over the top. I, th- I think yeah. they, they, they don't, and I suppose they're not supposed to fit. So maybe that's part of the idea. But they just do not fit with any of the rest of what's happening in the film. And I know it's Halloween and stuff, but even the kids at Halloween take Halloween more seriously, or take being witches more seriously than the actual witches do. And it's just a bit weird. It's so contrasting. Do you know what was a weird scene? Just to include, was that one where they go in the house with the guy who's Satan? It's brilliant. It's so funny. Uh, but, I, mean, I, yeah, I actually quite meant, enjoyed that. It's meant to be that they've been to hell and that Satan is their master. That's kind of what the joke is. But how can they think that middle-aged man is Satan if they've met the real Satan? I have no it's idea. Just, it's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed that scene. Just, Just because of the absurdity of it. And that they think the kitchen's a torture scene. The bus driver scene. It gives him a free ride because he fancies them. But the thing is, um, the way they're positioned, uh, SJP is at the back. Yes. And you've got Bette Midler and... uh, Sorry, I keep forgetting the name. What's her name? Kathleen and Jimmy. Uh, Right, that's not going to sink in. Uh, So you've got those (laughs) two at the front and he's going, oh, hello, ladies. And I'm sorry to be shallow, but... Um, I can see him being that way if Sarah Jessica Parker was at the front, but she's not. She's at the back. I mean, he does spend more time with her. She sits on his lap and stuff, and he's he's the one like he really goes for in the end. But he gives them all a free ride because of the two middle-aged ones at the front. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really superficial. He does say, hey, buttercup, anyone ever tell you you're very easy on the eyes? He says that to Sarah Jessica Parker when, yeah, she's, when but, she's leaning over him with a, with a cleavage on his shoulder. That, the other two have walked past and he's been really like giving yeah. them, going over with his eyes and uh, <laughs> like the, the thing is they're not like well none of them are sort of positioned to be gorgeous are they no but they're, but yet all of a sudden this bus driver's like lusting after him I'm not sure where I'm going on this I'm just, make, <laughs> I'm just making it worse for myself keep digging Hugh keep digging yeah I'm popping <laughs> that grave with Billy Butcherson <laughs> so what what next then any more on story do you, well, do you want to go to the end? <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I stopped making notes because it just turned into like just a chase at the end and I just wasn't interested anymore. Do you know what I find interesting at the end? They properly die and are vanquished. Now, this was in a period of time where filmmakers were not thinking, just leave it open for a sequel in case this is popular. They weren't thinking that. Now, they are making a sequel. It got greenlit Yay. this summer. And all three original witches are on board. I'll check that out. However, 
That clearly wasn't on the mind in 1993, and even when it became a cult classic, and fans were regularly asking for it in the two, in the noughties, um, they weren't bothered for making one, because they've killed them. And I cry again when you're on about the camera and you're looking back to a simpler time. I liked the time where you made one film with a complete story and that was it. Maleficent. Mm. Maleficent. <laughs> when there is absolutely no loose ends or any need for a sequel, don't make one. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they could do a, uh, a flashback. Maybe it could be set in um, the Salem Witch... Uh, the 17th century. They're not going to do that. Though, the like... book's still alive. The book's still there. Yeah. Um, the eye was twitching at the end. So as much as you're saying it wasn't left open for a sequel, there was definitely the uh, Emperor Ming's laugh uh, from Flash Gordon at the end of it of uh, yeah. some, some, something could still happen here. Because this would be a legacy film and because it's of a cult classic and it's requested by the fans, I don't mind that they make this one. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the money train that was... You know, Maleficent two can just do one. Aladdin two why as well. Did, why did um, Jungle Book why two? Did, why did Beth Midler turn Lion into King a stone two. and then explode, and the others just explode? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> do you know what? There were a few times in this because Lucy's seen it before where I turned to her and I thought I'd missed something, so I said, "Why did that just happen?" Why? And I did that about three times, and every time I'd expected Lucy to go, "Uh, because of this, and you missed it." But she didn't. She just rolled her eyes and went. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the way it is. There was a lot of moments like that. But it's just nonsense, hocus yeah, pocus, isn't it? You know? that, those bits were quite, quite enjoyable. Should we mm. score it? Yes, let's. Because Can, I, May I go first? Yeah, is go that all right? Then. Yes. Sorry. I just want to say, because I know that there's some mega fans out there who are going to be very upset at us scoring this low. I bet Susie loves this one and she's going to be cross at us again. But I just want to say, to me, (laughs) if you're going to have your dinner put in front of you, this is chicken nuggets and chips. Now, the thing is, I really like chicken nuggets and chips. And it's simple. It's got very little nutritional value. It takes you two minutes, well, it takes you 25 minutes in the oven to cook, but it only takes you two minutes to put the chicken nuggets on the tray, doesn't it? Mm. it, uh, They're in the freezer at any time you want them. It's fine. It's not beef wellington. It's not a Sunday lunch. It's, you know, it's not a delicately seasoned anything. It's chicken nuggets and chips. And I I want you two to bear that in mind. I'm giving it a seven. Right, well... If this is chicken nuggets and chips, we also watched Halloween Town uh, a bit ago, and that's, that's like a pot noodle. No, that's like being sick into a pan and serving, <laughs> serving it up as an omelette. <laughs> so compared to that, I also give this a seven <clears throat> because you know what? As a Halloween watch, <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna crack on. As a Halloween watch, I, this does hit the spot, and I would watch it again. So I'm going to give it a seven. It's, it, it is bad, but in an enjoyable way. Yes, that's what it is. Thank it's, you. It's, it's enjoyable garbage. If this is chicken nuggets and chips, <laughs> it's the kind of chicken nuggets where the chicken was fed on fish meal and it tastes a bit fishy and not really like oh. the chicken. Oh, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you buy the cheap no, chicken nuggets. Who's the, where are you getting those chicken nuggets from? The cheap ones, you know, the, the ones that you get for cheap from like the co-op or whatever. Anyway... Oh, we it's, get our chicken nuggets from Waitrose. There we are. <laughs> you see, there are tears, tears of chicken nuggets. This is the point. Um, it's really basic, um, and there are hundreds of films that do just this, but do it better. But like Halloween Town. 
<laughs> not like Halloween Town, but I did really enjoy it actually. Um, I don't think I'd ever watch it at any at any other time of year but this, and I will be running out to watch Haunted Mansion again over this any day of the week. We we did today. There we are. Um, but I did laugh quite a lot, and but mostly I was laughing at it. Mm. Not not with it, the whole absurdity of the whole thing. I'm going to give it a seven as well. I think it's awful, yeah. awfully good fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys have done that. I was really worried that was going to be a roast. Can I just say, I was very scathing of Haunted Mansion and we watched it again today because it's Halloween mm-hmm. and it's, it's no best on the second watch. And expense. I think that Hocus Pocus is infinitely better. Than Haunted Mansion. I actually enjoyed Haunted Mansion less than the first time. Did you? I yeah. liked it more. I just think the family dynamics all off. It's all wrong. Anyway, we're not reviewing that. Should no. we go on to? Um... <laughs> but if you want to hear what we thought of it, do 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 look it up. Yeah, dial back to last year's podcast. This time last year. Mm. Um, so we're on to what did you call it? Art direction. A visual effects. Visual effects. Art direction. Page. Locations. Look at the animation you, the characterization you, and don't forget the background and the style, yeah man. Well, can I just speak on behalf of all women when I say those witches dresses are fabulous? Mm. Okay. <laughs> the hairdos are quite good too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't really, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to that. No. Maybe it's because we're, we're bloody blokes. Because you were looking at SJP's gorge. So you can't say that. Now we're going to have to edit that out. I bet he doesn't. Tell you what, I'll make a timestamp and I'll put a goofy gorge over it. There we go. 1427. Right. I'm not cutting this bit out either. No, no, I don't want this to. This is the inner workings of the podcast. What happens when Lucy says yeah. things she shouldn't. Yeah, I edit it and then I send it to Chris and he puts it all together, but I have to now find that. And actually, do you know what? I've done that before. I've done that, done that before. And finding an isolated, goofy gorge is really difficult. In fact, I might just take that one that I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I'll do that. This is so meta. Wow. Um, no, I wasn't looking at, at, um, at the costumes either. And that's, I, I was looking at how bad the whole um, 17th century... Uh, Salem set looked I, was, I thought that was pretty terrible I was looking at how bad the special effects were throughout the entire film the bit when they exploded at the end was just like yeah some fireworks yeah Nyeh. I mean it was 90s the fact that they weren't doing it with Play-Doh is you know a, no don't say that thumbs up <laughs> but yeah yeah the, <laughs> no the thing that disappointed me most was the, the lighting really especially at the start like I just thought, oh, this looks really flat and just there was no interest in lighting. But then later on, it, it did attempt to get, especially when it turned into night, it was a little bit more atmospheric. Yeah. It was a bit more art direction. Uh, but it was, it's kind of a daytime film, isn't it? Like, in terms of, no, that doesn't make sense because it's mostly set at night. Forget <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Locations are nice though, aren't they? Yes. Every time I watch something like this, I think, oh, we must go there one, one autumn. We, oh, we, oh, we must. Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, New England, the type of place, you know. He just said it. Mm. Oh, so I did. <laughs> we should, yeah. I yeah. think that's all I've got to say about it, really, I, all of that. I, I don't have a lot to say either, really. 
There was a nice shot where Binks is talking to Max and he's, uh, he's just silhouetted by the moon on a tree near the fountain. Mm. Now, yes. <laughs> that was a nice shot. Yeah, they put uh, clearly put the moon in after. Um, you said unconvincing cat when we were talking about the story. I'm not uh, saying it was convincing. However, um, those is it the buddy movies are way worse. I thought mm. this is as far as talking no, animals go. It wasn't when bad. When I wrote that, it just turned into the cat, and there was a weird effect on him where I, where I couldn't work out if he was CG. Uh, if it was a real cat that they'd animated or if it was a model, I didn't know. So I wrote that, but actually later on it got a bit more consistent. Mm. But what when he died, what why was he superimposed on the background that he was sat on? Yeah, I don't know. I, it was really weird, was that? And he, it looked he, awful. He suddenly went really flat, didn't he? Yeah. Not like flat like when he's run over like earlier on, but like yes. he just there was a very odd effect. Really weird and un- unnecessary. It was, it was like they shot that that background there and they forgot that the cat was supposed to be in the shot. So, yeah. so they just went and filmed the cat on a green screen and stuck it on it for no reason. No reason at all. Do you know, because I, I didn't realise it was 93 until you did your facts earlier, um, I'm maybe going to be a bit more forgiving of, of it. Um, have you seen- it's just sitting in that in that time where the visual effects aren't very good uh, unless you've got like a Jurassic Park budget um, but also if it would have been made in the 80s it would have all been practical mm. and it would have all it would just it would have had a quality to it that but- would have um, would, would have more of a sort of fun nostalgic feel to it and it was just in that kind of flat early 90s schlocky period I, I was just going to say you know it, it's not a patch on something like Ghostbusters, and it, it they could have done it as in that kind of way, and it would have worked well. Yeah. So they've, they've missed out. Yeah, practical effects. I think you're right. That, that's that's what it's missing out on is doing something, doing things that were being done five years before. So if if that's if it's a product of its own time, which I guess it is, um, fine. But mm. it's not. There's not good visual effects. Just not. Just not. Hmm. No, I do enjoy, if we're just going back to costume, which I think is such a huge part of art direction, um, this, and there's so many movies like this, this idea of Halloween night, kids trick-or-treating, and all the little costumes going around, and the people answering the doors, and the buckets and the pumpkins everywhere, it's a very appealing visual, and I think all the costumes and things at the town hall ball and... You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's done. It's nothing new. They're not breaking the mold, but it's appealing. Lucas I spotted never... Mrs. Potts and Sonic. <gasps> yes, Sonic. Mm-hmm. We spotted Mrs. Potts. Potts. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, did you um, not? <clears throat> no. Do you know when? Can Can someone from the states like let us know how accurate are these? Because when you watch, I'm thinking of something like Desperate Housewives, where the streets are just full of kids. And every house is just completely decked out. Now I know Americans go to town with, like compared to us, mm. and we put a few pumpkins out. It's becoming a bit more of a thing, but nothing like that. But like when I see that on film or TV, I don't think, "Wow, that looks amazing." I wish it was like that here. I just think, "Oh, the set dress has gone to town." Where are the look, parents? <laughs> doesn't look real. Mm. Do you know what? I got a um, pumpkin um, bread today. That's like a dessert. I'm just going to eat some now, just to capture some of this American. Like, I'm never. I, I'm not sure I even like pumpkin flavour, but I'm going to give it a go. 
Yeah, I think using pumpkin to cook and bake with is quite an American flavour, yeah. isn't it? I know we decorate pumpkins, but we don't really eat them. Just on kind of um, Halloween atmosphere and and um, and the costume, I guess to a certain extent. If you compare that the Halloween atmosphere in this film to ET, for instance, how do you think that? I compares? hate ET. Do you really? I really don't like it. Hate ET. Never liked that film. Yeah, well, there we go. That, that answers that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm in fact, I, I've just I've dismissed it from my life, ET. So I can't really remember what you're um, this what you're referring like to. Sounds like a sort of a ginger cake. Oh, hi, Hugh. We're we're still talking about the the film and stuff. You know? he, he's rustling farm shop packets. <laughs> he's off in his own world. It's just gingery. Gingery. Very good. Should we Scott this? Very nice. <laughs> but I, I'm not sure. I don't, it doesn't taste pumpkin. It does have pumpkin seeds on the top, though. Mm. Uh-huh. But my, my, my old art director said that if you eat too much of those, um, how do I say this for a family podcast? You will become excited in your nether region. Oh. <laughs> you will. Does that work for girls, too? There will be a state of... Um, Arousal. Yeah. <laughs> Should we score Ew. this? <laughs> Can we get yeah. a move on, please? <laughs> Huey, what did you think of the art direction? I put seven. Uh, <laughs> because, well, do you know what? I'm going to stick to that because I, uh, talking, I think I should knock it down to a six. But at the time I wrote this, I said the effects are mostly pretty good and the locations are great. I know. But, you know, that's what I was seeing at the time. So I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking a seven. Four. <laughs> Four, Chris. Yeah. Terrible, terrible it. visual effects. Um, yes, some of it looks all right, and that's fine. So I've maybe knocked it up a, a point for some of your comments around costumes, which I think is fair. But I just think it looks terrible. The only visual effect that struck me as really bad, um, considering the time frame, when you know things aren't going to be as good as they are now, was it when they exploded at the end... The witch has exploded. That was just really weak. Um, but I, the the look of the film, I really liked the the overall look of it. So I'm going to give it a seven. Ooh. Should we talk about music then? Let's talk about yeah. pop music. Talk about pop music. <laughs> So there was two main, well, there was one original song and one main adapted song. Um, there was Sarah's theme, which was the Come Little Children thing with a flying on the broom gyrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, there was the I Put a Spell on You uh, adaptation. And then, of course, there's a few more songs sung by the house band and there's a few um, tracks used in the background. The score I enjoyed. I agree. I, I uh, did do was, really enjoy the score. It was very... like um, Before we watched this film, we had a bit of a Halloween party, so we, we got some Chinese food. Um, and then we got loads of Halloween snacks out and we were going to have hot chocolates that were um, with pumpkin marshmallows but we forgot we had those today instead anyway we made a a night of it Um, and while while we ate that food we listened to some Halloween music and it's proper old school just I don't even know like how you like 
define it. It's just you know, like when you just hear something, you go, "Oh, that sounds Halloweeny." Yeah, yeah, I do. I know Basically, that's mean. what yeah. was in this film. Yeah, that's a long I agree. way round of me saying that. But the score was like, you know, like something you'd hear in the Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah. So I thought the score was quite good. You've said what I think about the score. Just, just exactly right. I don't think I've anything to add to that. I thought Jaunty, it was good. spooky, but nothing massively memorable. No, there? but 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 it also it, it built the suspense at the right times. It, it I just think it did everything right throughout the film. I thought it was very good. Yeah. Bet Midler's "I Put a Spell on You," yeah. absolute banger. Do you know when she starts that song? I because she starts by talking. And I thought she was going to like Rex Harrison, the whole thing. And then I remembered, oh, she's Bette Midler, isn't she? <laughs> of course she's not going to just talk through it. She's going to start singing it in mean, a second. I mean, the thing is, Barbara Streisand, right? Barbara Streisand. She just can't help herself going level 10. Do you know what I mean? She opens a gob and she belts everything, nearly. Yeah. Whereas I actually thought this was really... I can't say subtle. It's not a subtle song, but it, it was characterfully done, and it it wasn't Bet because she she's got pipes, Bet Midler, you mm, know. Mm. She didn't feel the need to sort of, you know, give it welly or anything. She just sang it in a really effective way, and I've heard this track a lot because, like I said, this is the only thing I really knew about this film. Um, we've used it at work stuff, and I I love it. I can't get enough of it. I could listen to that over and over and over again. And it's really well arranged with the I say it's a pie up and baby up and die going on in the back. Um, it, it's great. It's really really good track. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I I don't particularly like the song, but I enjoyed this version of it. And I remember really liking that bit when I watched it as a as a teenager and and thinking it was great. But then there was some someone released a version of it, didn't they? Like probably ten or fifteen years ago now. Um, and I hated it with a passion, and mm. uh, and so it put me right off it. Um, and I was expecting to not enjoy it, and I did. I, I really did quite enjoy it. I thought it was good, and I think she does a very good job of it. Do you know Eels do a cover of this of that song? Do they? Not he. Yeah, not does not, he? Does he? Yeah. They? He? <laughs> I suppose it's they. Kind. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Hugh. <laughs> there you go. Some of the B sides album or something. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's it for music, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else in sound design? Not really, is there? Not really. So, Chris, what are you, what are you going to give it? Um, I think it did everything right. The score did everything right. It 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 really set the mood incredibly well, and it it, it you know it, it helped build the excitement at the right times. It helped build your nerves at the right times. Um, I think I put a spell on you was was good fun. I quite like being a house band. There, I'm going to give it an eight. I have expressed my thoughts on this soundtrack. I'm going to give it a nine. Seven from me, which is a good solid score, I think. Hmm. What's the scores on the doors, Hugh? Yeah. Oh, give me a little second here. Come on. 22 plus 39. That gives us a grand total of 68. Jeez. Oh, you didn't ask me about Rotten Tomatoes. Go on then. Well, IMDb was 6.9, so fairly close to ours. Slightly on the low side for IMDb. For Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 71. Mm -hmm. Fairly lukewarmish. But the 
Critics gave it 37. Yes, critics. It was a rotten tomato from the critics. Wow. So how does that stack up? It's one less than Pocahontas. <laughs> one less than the Haunted Mansion. Yes, that's all that matters. Yeah. That is yeah, the score that matters. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So. It's one more than Fun and Fancy Free. I hardly disagree with that. I'm sure something must have a 68 here somewhere. If there's anybody out there who's unhappy that we've marked it this low, I'll just, I'll say to you, I'm not bothered because I'll watch it again and I'll enjoy it. And mm-hmm. you know, I thought I thought I'd found one there that had a 68, but then when I looked at what was next to it, it's Hocus Pocus. Because <laughs> 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 I've had to squeeze it in on my list because I've run out of room. No, I, think, I don't think there's a 68 anywhere else. It's all 69s or 67s. There we are. Um, so... There, there is That's... someone who who was concerned because Victoria from um, Vault Disney podcast yeah. uh, tweeted us earlier today and said uh, you better be good to this film because it's because uh, it's awesome oh. or something along those lines. <laughs> um, so uh, yes, we I haven't been good to this film. No, Victoria, is good. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. If we've been really, Do you know what? We pulled it apart, but we mm. actually when it came to like the story, sevens across the board there, and I think mm. that's mm-hmm. all right, isn't it? Yeah, and you really can't, you know, claim it to be War and Peace, can you? You know, it's chicken nuggets and chips, delicious, delicious <laughs> yeah. chicken nuggets and chips. Now, Chris, uh, we we promised on our sister podcast yes. that we would uh, say what was in my tiki cup. Are you we, interested? I don't know if you're interested or not. Didn't we talk? We about did. At the we did it. Of the we did it right at the beginning of the show. We can do it again now if you like. Did we? Yes. Yeah. Because like you talked right about the them not the having show. lovely um, oil paintings you anymore. Did. You did. I didn't do that on the pre- on the other podcast. No, you no, didn't. No, you did it on this one. <laughs> right. Oh, bless him, he's going senile. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's because I've had this whole bottle. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's because it's 5.2%. Yes. Is, I, I normally go for a 4.3. He's a little squiffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a little bit of business. I just want to say um, a, a hello and a thank you to our latest Patreon pal, um, Caitlin, who who joined us last week. Now, she's due a proper shout-out. And why proper shout-out? What I mean is, <laughs> Hugh, you're not going to have to do this today because she hasn't come back to me yet about it. But, right. Caitlin, you can basically ask Hugh to do anything you want on this show. So, uh, well, get in touch. Well, the problem is that it's normally a shout-out... Uh, in the voice, in a of voice Disney of your character. choosing, it's yes. not just anything you want. Now, isn't it enough <laughs> that I've uh, read out Caitlin's uh, Twitter handle? Like I've spelled it out every time she gets in touch. I spell <laughs> it out, which is at bluesock underscore bell. That's B E double L E. And I'm always very, very clear on her Twitter handle. Isn't that enough? No, I don't think I don't it is think enough. That is enough. I think she needs a shout out. I'm just in checking Disney, now in case Disney I've character got her, of her choice. Twitter handle wrong. And if any of you wants Hugh to give you a shout out in their Disney character of your choice, join Patreon. Yeah, come come and join us. Join us. Yeah. Mm. D- any more business to discuss? Hmm. I've got another giveaway coming up at some point uh, soon. You know, there's some very oh. important business, guys. <gasps> you know, I mean, we're in like, you know, the government's given us all tears. Hmm. Mm. You know, but what about the tears caused by this film? Oh. She's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely beautiful. She really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hugh's cry factor. Right, do you know what? Right until the end, I was thinking this is there's nothing, nothing emotional here. It's going to be a one because you get one for showing up. Uh, but do you know what? The whole bit at the end with Danny and Binks. It got, I got up to a three. No. Three teardrops. No. Yeah. I missed one. I missed one in ages. What about when Binks is a flat cat earlier on? No, I wasn't wasn't too bothered by that because they'd shown a close-up of him being like completely squished and I thought they they would only do that if he was going to be brought back. (laughs) That's another great place to end the film, isn't it? Cat dead. Yes. (laughs) The end. Yeah. That's it. it. We've no spirit guide anymore. I love it. For once, a film just did that. Yeah. I wish AI had done that. Staring at the blue fairy. End the film. Mm. Mm. Maybe. She talks about that a lot. I do. I was furious when I came out of the cinema. Furious. (laughs) Anyway. That was a short show for us. Pretty short, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. We'll try and give you more value next time. An hour. An hour. Well, a bit more than that because we'll have to put the kids in and stuff. But yeah. But we haven't seen a unicorn of shame today yet. No, we haven't. Well, well. And I love that some people tuning in for the first time won't have a clue what that means, but that's on there. Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen. Find it out. So what is our next episode then? We're back on classics for another couple of episodes before we go into our Christmas season. Certainly another one, yeah. So so this is something that that we need to discuss off the air, but next up is Lilo and Stitch. Um, and And then we need to decide what we're doing over Christmas because last year we did a whole like whole Christmas worth of shows. Yeah. Um, Lucas has thrown into the hat that he'd quite like us to do twice upon a Christmas because we did once <laughs> upon a Christmas last year. Yeah, I think. Mm, yeah, I think actually last year we decided we might wait. We might do that, but maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think we've, we've ho- got to do Lego to holidays. Do mu- oh yeah. yes, we. Both of us, yes, both those two films. I think we need We've to. We've got do. to do the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, I yeah. agree. But you know what? Halloween. What we're we going to do next? Halloween? Because I noticed today on Disney Plus there was Frankenweenie. Yes, we uh, watched which it. Bonnie today, used actually. to just call. She used to say, "Can we watch Dead?" Just two <laughs> years ago. Can we watch Dead? <laughs> she just decided that's where it was called, and nice. that would be a good one to do. Yeah, but, but we, Maybe could we could do, do both. A couple next year. We could do both Frankenweenies because they're both on Disney Plus. Ooh, we could do Tim Burton's original film version. We'll one. probably forget, but yeah. I think we should do it. I, I, I can't think of anything else Halloweeny that I'm desperate to do next time. What about you guys? No, um, that sounds good to me. I just, certainly wouldn't want to sit through Halloween Town again. But so. Please, listeners, uh, give us give us some shouts. Maybe we could do Halloween Town and just rip it to mm. shreds. Does Return <laughs> to Oz count? Because I yes, quite I like to do does. that. I quite well, like to I do that. I to do that as well. Oh, maybe that was one of them. Oh, there isn't time for us to do that this year. Now we've left it too late. We could have. We should have done that. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Never mind. Next time. Maybe we should All do the time a after. couple next year. Yeah. Let, let's make the most of Halloween season next year. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Christmas Stuff to think Halloween. about anyway. Yeah. It's all fun. But Lilo and Stitch next anyway. In, in answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay! And then we'll think about Christmas. But yes, there's another Star Wars holiday special this year, isn't there? A Lego one. So I think we might I have to do that. I can't believe they've acknowledged the existence of the other one with 
a comedy version of it. I thought they had um, acknowledged <clears throat> that they were not going to acknowledge the existence of it. If you know what I mean, I thought they well, kind of made that official. Yeah. Well, yes, but in the first episode, of, I, yeah. I know it exists in other places, but in the first episode of The Mandalorian, they talk about Life Day, so it's not like it completely doesn't exist, is it? It's canon, as the uh, as it the Star Wars nerds is. say, and the fourth best Star Wars film. I, I absolutely maintain that it's my fourth favorite Star Wars film, and I, then the fifth one, I think now these days, is Solo. I agree with that as well. It's I'm uh, so bored. up the charts. It's just a good standalone it's great. film. We watched I, it a couple of weeks ago. It's great. Again. I know we keep threatening or saying that we're going to do the, the Star Wars films for podcasts, but I'm not sure I want to talk about them with you two because my views are so very flip reverse that it could end in divorce and discerning. That, that's what makes it a good conversation to have, though, surely. Yeah, we can't be afraid of disagreeing. No. We're not going to be shouting at each other. Oh, no, but what about that time you hit me? <laughs> I said I would never do it again, Lucy. Flipping out. <laughs> oh, okay. let's not make light of abuse, Lucy. Okay. And on maybe that something note... Else, maybe something else to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it might be time to, uh, to, to leave now before this gets any worse. Especially yeah. as we've got a nice, tight length of time at the moment <laughs> and, and we're, just, we're just talking nonsense <laughs> so uh, unless yeah. you've got anything else to say I'm going to oh yeah I've got I'm one gonna... last thing to say and that's if you want a, a very nice but gingery piece of pumpkin bread go to <laughs> Pharmacopolis in Pontefract West Yorkshire great <laughs> we'll see you in a couple of weeks to talk about Lilo and Stitch see you later bye good night children bye